Welcome listeners to Creators and COVID, a podcast where I talk to creatives about their experiences coping with the coronavirus pandemic. Whether you started a new business and made something incredible or barely managed to survive with your sanity, we want to normalize those stories and create an archive so that the future can look back at our experiences and learn about the many forms coping and surviving take on in a global crisis. The pandemic conditions in 2020 did birth a few opportunities for some creators. These people found the lockdown, the captive audience, and the switch to virtual communications perfect for making new moves with their craft. Tessa had spent several years building a name as a vlogger and writer of content for parents. Before the pandemic, Tessa had spent years building a name as a vlogger and writer of content for parents. Her heart has always been in film criticism, however, and the COVID lockdown changes in entertainment journalism made it the perfect time for Tessa to pivot. More than a year later, Tessa has now shed her mommy blogger content and image to become a working film critic and entertainment journalist. She has covered several major film festivals and even some NYC red carpet. Although the pivot has worked on the surface, Tessa is still struggling to get those in the press to see her as a peer. Tessa is still struggling to get those in the press to see her as a peer and not just some mommy blogger along for the ride. We explore this critic's journey on today's episode of Creators in COVID, Doing the Pandemic Pivot. Tessa Smith and I write for my own website that I run, mamasgeeky.com. I also do a lot of uh, videos on YouTube. I'm fully entertainment. Uh, I didn't start off that way, which I know we'll get into and we'll discuss, but as of now, I cover all things entertainment, which includes movies, television uh, reviews, but also I dive heavily into comic books every so often, kind of explaining characters and that sort of thing. And then um, video games as well. Anything kind of that falls under the entertainment category more or less. Uh, one thing I've not yet dove into it, I don't think I ever will to be perfectly honest, is I don't I don't cover leaks or scoops or spoilery type things before something comes out, of course. Um, half the time they're not true anyway, so why do I even bother to waste my time? Um, but yes, yeah, so that's what I do. So I cover all things entertainment, social media, website, on YouTube, pretty much everywhere. If you just Google me, you can find me. You are also a film critic. Yes. Well, yes, that I include that into for me, like movies and television under Mm -hmm. entertainment is actually being a critic. Yes. That's pretty much what I read about. Like I said, I don't cover the scoop side of it. I don't cover the leak side of it. I don't cover the rumor side of it. Uh, If I'm writing about a television show or a film, it is often a critical review. So, um, and and you weren't always that way. Um, First, what made you want to shift that way? And then let's talk about how this shift happened and when. Yeah. So when I first started way back when um, (laughs) I have a degree in marketing and my daughter was born, my second daughter, and I was at home. We moved from Florida to New York and I told my husband, I'm not going anywhere that I have to work where I have to drive in the snow. So sorry, it's not going to happen. I hate snow. I hate cold. I still do. Yet we live here in upstate New York where it's freezing. So I said, I got to do something just because I was being home with kids. And I was like, I'm 
I have to do something for myself or I will lose my sanity and I will never get it back, which I'm sure a lot of parents can understand. So I said, I have a marketing degree. Why don't I just start doing like reviews? And that started as like reviews of like, it's so embarrassing, but like some of the first things I reviewed were like, not like just a kid's toy, but like a vitamin C serum. Like I can't tell you how many companies sent me vitamin C serums. And I was like, I don't, why am I doing this? And eventually after a few years, uh, which it did grow and evolve fairly quickly, I will say within a year, I was invited to my first red carpet, which was inside out because I did always have entertainment elements in what I was writing about because that's what I love and that's what I care about and that's what I have a passion for. But for some reason, I was just like, yeah, this is super cool that someone's going to send me this product and I can write about it. And I would sit there and spend literally hours trying to write a review on something because I don't care about it. And then to be able to write about a movie or a television show or a comic book or something that I'm into or a video game or whatever it be that's entertainment related, I was like, oh, this is so much easier. Like I can get it done quicker. I know what I'm writing about. I'm not having to like sit and seriously like make a list and like struggle to hit that 400 words or whatever I wanted to, you know, my goal was, which now it's about 600, but it, it was a struggle to get there. I said, why am I covering this stuff? Why am I writing about it? So it was actually right before COVID that I kind of fully switched. Well, I rebranded maybe about a year before that kind of into Mama's Geeky. I used to be Mama Smith's review blog or something stupid. I don't even know what it was. I've wiped it from my memory, but I moved to Mama's Geeky now and I rebranded. And then the more I wrote about just entertainment stuff, I said, okay, I'm going to full on dive into the critical reviews when I cover reviews, not just like, hey, this is really cool. Yay. And I love to do... Like here's the ties to the comic books and and articles like that. I still do, but I very much heavily stick to, um, I love being a critic because I got approved for Rotten Tomatoes and I'm a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic. And that was part of it. I have a big passion for movies. I love movies. I love television shows. I love escaping from the world, which is part of where my love for comic books comes from, right? Like you can just dive into something and just completely disappear and, and become, get into a whole new world, which is what I love. And so I really started to thoroughly enjoy covering movies and covering, doing critical reviews. And then once I got approved for Mountain Tomatoes, you know, a lot of the indie people reach out to you and, oh, you check out this, this indie movie. And and I love that stuff, especially indie horror movies are like some of my favorites. I just, I love being terrified. It's something I always have. And I just love when an indie movie that's a horror movie, like just gets you. And so I love, I love that. And I started bringing in more stuff like that and started covering more stuff, started covering film festivals. Um, so I've covered Sundance, which I'm covering again this year. Um, Fantasia Film Festival's one, TIFF. I actually went to TIFF in person over the summer, which was very exciting to attend my first in person because again, COVID, yay, COVID, nothing was in person. And of course, Sundance, unfortunately, just changed to fully virtual. Uh, still going out, out there to Park City, rented a condo with some friends and we're just going to sit and watch, watch movies the whole time. But now I feel like I'm rambling. Anyway, did I answer the question? I think I did. No, you're not rambling. You're you're cool. You're <laughs> cool. No, um, you you really uh, dove into this uh, into your background. Um, I want to I'm gonna scroll back a little bit before we could dive any deeper into the transition. I want to talk about how your marketing degree helped or hurt. I mean, does it, did it like was it? Uh, how did it factor into you first becoming? Um, getting into this space 
Um, and then transitioning to entertainment, uh, to like entertainment criticism, um, all that realm. Well, I think at first it was easy because I just went into like product reviews, stuff like that, like with a marketing brain, like, okay. And I've always been the type that like, if I hate something, I will try to find something good of it and vice versa. That's just always how I've been in general. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, you move into the movie, movie, um, industry, there are people who created this and they put their heart and soul into this. And I don't want to completely rip them apart. And I feel like I know, Joe, we've had this conversation off air before. You just, even if it's horrible, you're like, this person spent so much time and effort and this is them. And there's a reason that they put this out there. And you just hope that they're they try to find the something good in there. Uh, but on the flip side, when something's like totally amazing, I do try to sit and pick out things that are, this isn't good. This is, And it's something I've always been a fault of mine because if I love something, I like wholeheartedly, I'm super passionate about it. That's just how I always have been. So it has been kind of hard because that marketing brain is like, what's the good in this? So it's hard for me to switch and go into the like, what's the not good in this? That's always been something I've struggled with, especially because for me, I'm just like, I freaking love this. Like, I think this is amazing. And I don't want to, I don't want to pick it apart because I don't want to ruin it for myself, if that makes sense. But that's something I've been working really hard on this last year or so. And even more so in 2022 is picking the things that, well, I may love this, this is something so-and-so might, this other, other groups of people might not like. And it actually has helped a lot. My husband has helped a lot because he hates everything. So I just get his opinions on things. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're right. You pointed that out to me. And now I see it. (laughs) I know that sounds so hurtful, but he's, I mean, I don't want to say he hates everything for the record. And you can edit this out if you want, but for the record, he loved Eternals. I'm just saying, and he hates everything. So. I mean, I, we'll allow it because I like to, uh, I like Eternals. We'll, we'll allow that, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I, that's something we really have been talking about because you have this sunny disposition and, and you, you find, like you said, they find the good in everything and you've taken a hit uh, in the, this critical world for being this sunny, happy uh, critic. And because the prevailing image of a critic is this, you know, these old white guys who, you know, kind of bitch about everything you know the muppets the guys in the in the, yeah, yeah. the balcony that's waldorf like, and uh but i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah mm-hmm. though that's mm-hmm. like the image of a critic these days and you're like you know going up there and you're it's like with you it's like throwing elmo up there in between them you know <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, it's true but it's funny you say that because i will say it's helped with my audience i have a lot of people say i love that you find the good in stuff and you're always so excited for stuff and you very rarely like if there's something that i come out and I go, oh, I just, I couldn't find anything good about it. To be honest, half the time, I don't, more than half the time, probably 90% of the time, I won't even cover something like that because I don't want to tear that person down who created it. Because like I said, I know someone poured their heart and soul into this and I don't want to be like, you did a horrible job because that's mean. And I'm just not a mean person. Uh, But I have had a lot of uh, audience members, I guess, right? Subscribers or readers that have come to me and said, I love your stuff because you find the good in something. And I'll say, oh, I wasn't interested in that. But when you pointed this thing out, well, now I'm interested in checking it out, you know, And, and very rarely do I full on hate something. I hate that word hate, to be honest with you. I feel like there's always pretty much a good in something. And if there isn't, I just don't cover it. But um, I've had people say, wow, I can't believe you were so negative about this because you're usually, you find good in stuff. You know, if, I, if there's ever something I'm like, like House of Gucci, I gave it like half a star. And I'm like, I guess Lady Gaga was very good. I don't know. The rest of the movie was horrible. People are like, what? Like you always find the good in stuff. How come it's so low? And I'm, and honestly, normally I wouldn't have covered it, but it was such a big movie. I had so many people asking my thoughts on it. So I did cover it. Yeah. I think we diverted on uh, House of Gucci because I, I saw it as hilariously messy. 
Yeah. It was like a Jerry Springer episode. I loved it. And but that's me, what I, I love I love messy dramatics. <laughs> I love messy dramatic stuff though. And that's why we're different. And right. we've we and that's when one of the things conversations we've had, you know, this this critic, you as a critic, you don't have to be like everyone else. And I I don't yeah. see why you're getting the flag for it. Um well, I, that's what I love about this industry is it's supposed to be movies are subjective people. Mm-hmm. Like, and just because <laughs> Jonita really liked it and I did it doesn't mean we like to hate each other and we don't like each other or make mm-hmm. fun of each other. Like I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> the end. I don't, I don't, it doesn't have to be a thing. Yeah, it doesn't. It really, really doesn't. And and I know we've talked about what I liked and what you didn't like. <laughs> Even when I told you what I liked about it, you just thought it was hilarious. Um, so, listen, the, my thing is they all should have talked to each other and figured out what accent they were doing before they started it. Because literally everyone, they're in the same, they're in the same family and they all have a different accent. I don't. I, I, but I mean, you watch, <laughs> you, I mean, but you watch these pretentious families get together <laughs> on so, like a uh, real um, reality TV, you know, even some, somebody's playing a persona and didn't tell everybody else what persona they were playing. That's fair. So they all sink in. <laughs> it's messy, okay? That's why right. I loved it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so let's, let's, okay, now we can go back. I want to know about your transition because you decided to do this in the middle of COVID. Like, oh, I'm going to be a critic. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the decision and, and what did you do to kind of switch gears? Well, I just was like, I'm doing it. And I made up my mind and I did it. And I did it like almost instantly. Like I stopped accepting paid campaigns for things. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing paid stuff, uh, which has hurt me a little bit. Maybe I should start doing some stuff, but I just haven't, I've been like, you know what? That's not what I want to do. I want to do stuff. I love writing about. I want to cover stuff. I love covering. I like writing reviews. I enjoy it. I, for some weird reason, enjoy watching something and like in my head, mentally making notes and like picking things apart here and there. And I don't know what, I don't know why. Right. But I do. And that's what, that's how my brain, I guess, has always worked in watching movies and television shows so why not just put it all out there and do it and being home all the time uh my kids were home virtual schooling so I wasn't like okay I have to stop my day I mean yes you have to stop your day to make sure they're logged on but it's not like I have to drive them to school I have to pick them up because they weren't taking the bus and it was it felt like I had a little bit more of a fluid schedule to work around which helped not to mention everything switched to virtual so almost every movie gave you a virtual link screener if they wanted you to cover it, which yes, there was a lot of stuff that got pushed, but I felt like, I think it really helped me along with this transition. You know, they say a lot of studios want Rotten Tomatoes, right? So, okay, your Rotten Tomatoes approved. Perfect. We want to send you this because we want you to see it. We want you to get this out right when embargo breaks. Nobody's going to theaters because one of my biggest issues is I live in the middle of nowhere. Okay. It's closer for me to get to Canada than it is to New York City. Like if I was to go to a wow. screening in Toronto. It's going to take me three and a half hours. If I want to go to a screening in New York and I drive, either I have to fly, number one, or if I drive, it's between five and six hours, depending on traffic, each way. That's very far away. So I live where it's almost impossible to go to in-person screenings. I will go to New York for in-person screenings and I have been, right? Which I feel like, not to toot my own horn, but that kind of does show a little bit of a commitment that I'm willing to get on a plane to watch a movie. I'm just- Just a little bit. But just just, just a little bit. Just a little, it's a write-off, yeah. it's fine. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a cheap, quick flight. But I mean, my point is that I think COVID really- as much as it destroyed a lot of things and as much as how awful it is and the fact that it is still going, uh, 
I feel like it really helped me have more of a connection with a lot of studios. They got to know my work because they were sending out virtual links, whereas I couldn't go attend stuff in person. I still can't all the time. I mean, I have has to work around my schedule. I have kids, has to work around my husband's schedule to be able to literally fly to New York. There's only so many flights a day from Syracuse to New York. There's only so many. I might have to spend the night, which means it's two full days of having someone to watch the kids. So being able to just be sent a link to watch at my house was a huge difference and really helped. I mean, Warner Brothers was doing it for most of their movies, which was amazing. Um, Disney was doing it. And I think that really, really, truly helped with my transition where normally this transition would have been a lot harder. I think it helped. I think honestly, the, the pandemic helped it at least a little bit because because virtual links were so much easier to get than going to New York City or to freaking Canada for yeah. a screening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the junkets were virtual as well. And junkets were virtual as well. Exactly. Which really helped, especially mm-hmm. a lot of people got to see my um, interview style. And I'm still having I mean, listen, next week I have an interview literally every day next week. Uh, at least one interview, you know, covering a lot of stuff we've talked about that is exciting to me. And it's, um, it's exciting. And I, I selfishly hope virtual, virtual, <clears throat> excuse me, virtual interviews stick around for a long time <laughs> because it's so much easier. It is. It is. And I, I kind of think they will because people find out they're cheaper and they're it's, it's easier mm-hmm. to get people who aren't in LA and New York. Um, right. And, well, because and that's things, the thing. you know, that's the only place they could, we're doing them before was LA mm-hmm. and New York. Cause we're, and now you've got, say you've got a celebrity working on a project overseas. They can still hop on zoom for three hours and knock yeah. out a bunch of interviews. Yeah. You don't have to fly people because before the studios flew, um, flew people to, you know, wherever. And that was expensive. You know, it was really Mm -hmm. expensive. And now and I think now with them not having to spend that much money, they were able to even, you know, go out to like, okay, this is an independent person who wants a chance. Let's give her a try. Um, And I think that's where that came up. You know, we got it in our budget to add more people. So let's do that. Um, Exactly. And so it it kind of facilitated your pivot, which I really appreciate. Um, You said some earlier about um paid campaigns could you expand yeah. upon that the what is the tell everybody i know what they are but tell everybody <laughs> do you do you are. know no <laughs> <laughs> well like a paid campaign i mean it depends all sorts of stuff right so starting off with like the quote-unquote mommy blogger review type product review type stuff it would be like you know we want you to promote this product and we're going to pay you such and such amount of money to post it on uh something on your website something on your instagram something on your youtube whatever they want they have a specific outline of stuff uh and then you're getting paid for it and you have to disclose that you're getting paid for it. And I think the common, I guess, what people think, right, is that, oh, they're getting paid. So they're going to automatically say that it's good. That's not the case. I've had things where I got paid for when I was like, absolutely will like bash something because this thing is awful. There was some kid's toy way back when, like, I don't know, five years ago that we got, it broke within like a day. And I was like, this thing broke within a day. I mean, I'm not going to lie and tell people, but people think you will just because you got paid. And I Mm -hmm. honestly think companies appreciate the honest feedback, whereas some people feel like they don't. The PR people in the middle might not sometimes, but I think the companies really do overall because they know the things they need to fix and the things they need to work on when they're putting stuff out there, Uh, which is the marketing brain in me too, because when you're doing marketing stuff that you want to know what the issues are Mm -hmm. because you need to fix them. Because you don't want a marketing disaster out there where everyone is like, I got this toy and it broke in 24 hours and then no one will buy it, you know? So that's the paid stuff. Um, I've never really gotten paid campaigns. There are some like movie ones where um, with smaller companies that I've seen that'll be like, you know, 
uh, here's like 50 bucks and then, and tickets to a movie, go, go see the movie and then write a review. But I kind of stopped doing those just because first of all, I was like, is, is that money worth it to be like, I have to put ad on this review? No, because that doesn't look good. Um, just because of that preconceived notion, unfortunately is what it is. So, uh, I, well, I do write for my own site. I did start doing some freelancing stuff, just freelancing out reviews to make up for that, um, loss in income. But I just felt like putting ad and sponsored onto stuff just doesn't help no. It, no. because people feel like it means you're lying. Mm-hmm. So. You put ad on it. They feel like you have to like it. And that's yeah. not the case. And even, even in, um, this entertainment business, I found that people want you to be honest. I mean, I've, I've watched films. Yeah flown out to LA from Chicago, um, put up in a hotel for a couple of days, a nice one, ho- nice hotel for a couple of days. I know mm-hmm. they spent a couple grand on just me alone and I'm not going to, so I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, um, if I hate the, the movie, right. not, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I like it because I know you forked over a couple grand for me, but I will tell you in person that I didn't yes. like it and I'm holding my review until later. Um, right. you'll get that courtesy, but not much else. I, I and I don't think a, I, I, I don't think people realize how often there's some of us, especially independents, that we yes. kind of take that road. Yeah, and then also for me, like uh, uh, personally, anyway, I pay to fly to these places too. Like I don't have, a, I know a lot of people um have reached out and been like, "How do you get Disney to fly you to the Eternals from here? How did you get the? They didn't. I flew myself out there. For I mean, yourself. they got me a yeah. ticket. Yeah, I flew myself out there. I found a place mm-hmm. to stay. Like mm-hmm. when I go to New York, I. I fly myself. I pay for, I mean, that's part of my expenses, right? They're right yeah, off. It goes they're still expenses. expenses. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. So um, a lot of people see that and go, oh, well, you will actually with Eternals. I think I told you this on Twitter. I got a lot of people saying, well, you're just afraid to give it a bad review because you think Disney won't fly you out for the next one. And I'm like, they didn't, they didn't fly me out. Actually, I paid for myself. And I just freaking loved Eternals because number one, I, I mean, there's a million reasons, but like, you know, I just dove into the comics right before this. So I already had a connection to all these characters and I was super excited and I love comic books, you guys. Shocker. Big surprise, right? You probably wouldn't know that just by looking at my stuff, but I do love comic books. So of course, anything comic book is already going to be a little biased in my head. It's already going to be raised up a little bit. And that's why I fully disclose that all the time. Like these are some of my favorite comic book characters. Yeah. You'd have to completely destroy them for me to hate them. Yes. The end. Uh- <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say. I'm laughing because if uh, this is going to be on a podcast audio only, if people could see you right now yeah. and all the comic con- <laughs> paraphernalia behind you, right. all the Marvel, everything's um, yeah. Um, okay. To be honest, people, the last time Disney flew anybody out for anything was Long like, time. it was like toy story. Wasn't it like, or some, something so it was toy th- that story year before they flew the, well, so they used to have a, what they called a blogger program, quote unquote blogger program, mm-hmm. uh, where they would fly out a group of 20 to 25 people and put them up and you would go do that but you would also do a ton of other things it was like they combined it with abc um and other they combined um, it with the junket because i was there the junket yeah they did and exactly it's like a marathon of i mean you're not at disney doing mm-hmm. disney stuff you're doing a marathon of air interviews and yeah. then you're watching sizzle reels and then you're talking to yes. some of the people who worked on the thing you're not by the time you get ready to go to the park it's night we yeah. were at the park at night it's that crazy. was the last time we were there yeah um and yeah, my kids were there, but they were with my sister and I hardly saw them. I mean, they went to like right. all the parks, but I didn't it's go. It's not with them. a vacation. 
Mm-mm. It's not. <laughs> like it's, it's not. not and I know people think it is, but it's not. And I can, and I can attest about, to that. Well, exactly. And then you talk about the work you got to do when you come home. Yes. Get it. It's it's insane. You got like 30 articles you got to write and you're like, great. Then I know what I'm doing for the next three months of my life. So, mm-hmm. the, but those stop, I want to say end of 2018. Well, when was Toy Story 4? It was like maybe six months before Toy Story 4. I think, 20, I think that was mm-hmm. um, summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. So, the end of 2018, I think, was like the last actual trip. And then for Toy Story 4, they flew some journalists out, right? Some people had made the cut, right? Oh, maybe you've transitioned a little bit uh, mm-hmm. from like blogger, quote unquote, to like, okay, you're an entertainment writer, which is what I was working on at the time. Slowly, I hadn't mm-hmm. fully dived into it, uh, but I was I was working on that. But I was flown. So I was flown out there. I was one of the people who was flown to did They did it at Disney World. But uh, Screen Rant was there. Comicbook.com was there. Like they have other big. Yeah. I was, was working for Black Girl journalists. Nerds. Yeah. I was yeah, working for right. Black Girl Nerds. Yeah. Exactly. Um, KTLA. I had a friend from KTLA who was there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it wasn't like. Yeah. There was, was a, a wide um, variety. The GQ guy right. that was there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. And that was the last time they flew people out. And now. If I want to go to something like, sure, I have, I have contacts because of those trips that I can say, Hey, if I get myself out there, is there a way I can get into the premiere? Yes, there is. Or you get an invite. Hey, do you want to go to this premiere? Fly yourself out. We're not providing transportation. We're not providing, you know, a hotel when you're out here, Mm -hmm. but like you get an invite basically like as if I lived in LA, right? Like here's an invite. If you can make it like there was one for book of Boba Fett, which they ended up canceling, but it was like, do you want to come to this event? Yes or no. But like, we're not paying for you. We're not getting you out here. It's the same thing with New York City. It's why I have to fly to New York City. Like we have a screening for Spider-Man No Way Home. Do you want to see it? Yes, obviously I do. We have, you're invited to the premiere for Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? But I live so far away. I'm not in New York City. I had to fly, spend the night, fly home. Like this is my own expense. Um, But because this is what I want to do, I think it's imperative and important that I, that I do that, right? Mm -hmm. Creators in COVID is brought to you by Vero. Vero is a social network designed for connection, not engagement. I love it because it's a place for creators to be free from the algorithm and where episodes of this podcast will drop first 24 hours before anywhere else with a conversation about the episode to follow. That's right. Come to Vero and you get to have a conversation with me, Jenny Davis, and all of my friends and fans over there 24 hours before the rest of the world gets to see it. Download Vero for free from the App Store or Google Play and follow me, Jenny Davis, and share your thoughts and stories. And now on to the show. You have to lay the groundwork and, and for it. Yeah. Um, so this kind of shift that you did, um, what are some of the things that you've learned from, you know, this transition? Oh, the people are awful. That's something I've learned. <laughs> that, no. was <laughs> that was fast. I mean, oh, you know, because we're, we're friends, we've had conversations, but yeah. there are just, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you love something, you're paid to love it. You hate something, you're paid to hate it. Like there's no, it's like, you know what? No, I wasn't. People don't, understand that other people can have opinions that aren't their opinions and still be friends like us with house of gucci right it's like no you're wrong no an opinion is is an opinion movies are subjective television is subjective and and diving fully into just the entertainment 
has been, it's stressful sometimes. There's horrible people. I mean, I've turned off comments on my website just because I'm not dealing with the comments anymore. And I turned off getting emails um, when comments come out on YouTube because I don't want to deal with it because people are horrible and people will fight with you about everything and you just have to ignore them sometimes or come back and kill them with kindness. Like, I'm so like, because I genuinely am. I'm so glad you enjoyed that movie. I didn't, or I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it. What didn't you like about it? Like, let's have a conversation. These should be conversation starters. So that's something I learned a lot about this industry is just nobody's ever happy. And that's, that's it. <laughs> and then I learned how important relationships with studios are with you, with your connections are, and don't just ignore an email, you know, like, no. and I know so many people do, if an email comes in and it's something's not a fit, just tell them it's not a fit. Don't mm-hmm. hit delete because then they're yeah. not going to think of you the next time. And maybe that thing is a fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I know you, you, you've tried so many things. She, she was at, Tessa was at a, a, a round table for the African-American Critics Association uh, <laughs> I felt bad at getting invited to that. I go, I I can write back. Need, go, they had how open do I write back and tell them. Remember, I go, I go. How do I tell them I'm white? I want them to know that I'm white because I don't want to take that spot from somebody. Like that shows you the type of person I am. I was like terrified. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that person. Like yes. I would feel so bad. And she's like, it's fine. I'm like, okay, thank like, you. Just tell them. Like, let them know. Tell how to word it. And you're like, yes. Just say I'm white. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it turns out that they did have a bunch of open seats. And so um, you were there and you did contribute (laughs) to the conversation, which was great. But um, and yes, that shows how what kind of person you were because you went <laughs> like she <laughs> agonized over that. I'm like, okay, I was so nervous. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, just tell them you're white. Tell them you're white, and just <laughs> let them know. Make sure they know. I'm sure they do, but make sure they know. And if I they know, and they still want you, then that's okay. That's- <laughs> well, I didn't want to take a spot from a black mm-hmm. journalist. You know what I mean? I would have felt like really bad to find out like someone else was like, oh, I really tried to get into that, and then this chick gets in there, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. Oh no. <laughs> yes. I'm literally the whitest white girl. I feel like it's obvious. But yeah, I've told me, her but... that too. I've told and, her that too. <laughs> and whoever the contact was, I forget, was like, we know. I was like, yes. okay. <laughs> Isn't that obvious? Yes. But but it's great because they know you, they know your stuff. And they knew that, and that's another thing too. Africa roundtables are kind of hard to just sit in and dive in and like um just go with it. And I know you were nervous when you're in there of, of you know, how to, what, what do I do? What do I say? But you actually jumped in and you were, did fine. You did well. Those, those tables are hard to get at and to, you know, keep up with the flow of the conversation, but they knew you would be able to do it. And so um, that's where the, like you said, those relationships come in, mm-hmm. um, getting to know those people. Um, and that's one of the, another reason why you would fly out to the premieres and everything you want. You want these people to meet you face to face. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they know who you are. They know you're the white girl, <laughs> but they know <laughs> that they know that you can hold your own at any table. So if they have an open seat, they need to fill, they could put you there and you'd be fine sitting in a table full of black people talking about this is us. It was a, this is us, wasn't it? I- uh, yes, yeah. it was. This is us. Yep. Yeah, and they knew they knew you'd be you. You could sit at a. T- she could sit with us, guys. She, they, they, Yay! You yeah. have me. <laughs> <laughs> but she can and, and hold her own and not be problematic and you know and just be be chill like everybody else. So. 
And, and that's really, really good. Um, I want to, I want to talk about too, about, you know, kind of your family and everything. How did, how has all of this, this transition affected you personally and your family and, and everything that's gone on? Cause you've had some family, um, uh, tra- not tragedies, but some family, um, yeah. upsets happen <sighs> while you were trying to transition. So how, how's this been on you? <sighs> it's a lot. Uh, I think on top of the pandemic was part of it too. And then um, my dad had a heart attack and that uh, thankfully he's doing so good right now. I mean, he's gone through it. He had to have a quadruple bypass and now he is just, just a whole new man. It's crazy how something like that can happen. Um, but this, there's been a lot. So on top of all that, like I said, I had to turn off comments on some stuff because that negativity, you try to make it not affect you, but like it can affect you. I had to mute some conversations on Twitter because people are just mean. People were like, oh, you're, I feel bad for your kids because you're obviously a bad influence on them. I'm like, how am I bad influence on my kids? Because I liked a movie. Like there is, there is some serious, like, I don't know where these people come from. And at half the time, they're probably, probably more than half the time. They're just saying stuff to get to you, right. To get under your skin. Um, but it's been a lot. And then covering, I covered a ton of festivals this last year which as you know, is a lot like Sundance. I was locked in my office for like 10 days, watching movies, nonstop writing reviews, nonstop. And it's a lot. And it's not a bad thing, but like, I'm so busy. And especially I took a break over the holidays, which was good mental health wise. I needed it. But then I come back to my email and I've got like 5,000 unread emails. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, how am I going to even go through all of these? And so I've decided, and then you've been so helpful. Seriously, Donita, I have to like throw that out there. But you're like, you're putting way too much on yourself. What are you doing? You're going crazy. My husband's telling me. You're, I mean, I'm working, I was working probably 70 plus hours a week for like three years straight, maybe two years straight. Like it's a lot, wow. taking wow. a little bit of time off here and there for like a week vacation, but I'm still working every day on vacation. I was doing interviews in Hawaii. Like I literally, you know, you were part of one. Yeah. Family vacation. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's just too yeah. much. So and- it's getting to the point where I'm starting to bring people on. Uh, and that's really my goal for 2022 is bring more people on because I, I will break. I will completely have a mental breakdown if I don't yeah. do it by, by the middle of this year. I'm just covering so much. And again, it's good that all these people are reaching out to me that could cover stuff. You know, like I said, I have interviews every day next week, but it's like, there's some stuff I'm just going to have to, I'm bad at, I'm bad at delegating. Just, I have a control issues a little bit, especially when it's something I've built for really technically I started this six, seven, oh my gosh, almost eight years ago. Oh my gosh, I feel old. But you know, I started my website then the original one, it wasn't mama's geeky yet, but I, I have a hard time letting go of some stuff, right? Like, and I need to, and I know I need to. And that's my big goal for this year. Because like I said, even my husband was like, you need to like slow your roll. Like you are going to break. Like you are constantly working. I spend like, we have dinner together and then we watch a show and then I'm like, okay, I got to go back upstairs and, and, and write, or I have to go do this. And it's just too much. So when I took the break, over the holidays, I sat in this video game I got forever ago. I sat and I played it. I think I ended up having like 140 hours on it. And I sat and I just played this video game and I beat it. And I was like, this is like the best like cleanser for me. Like I needed mm-hmm. to just Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So like I became a Viking in this. Again, it's all about that escape, which is what I mm-hmm. love about entertainment. Like I was like, I'm just, I'm this Viking and I'm doing this. And my kids are sitting with me playing. It. Yeah, mom, like probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be rooting me on killing people with an ax, but it's a video game guys. It's okay. I so- mean, <laughs> the Justice League, um, the, the one that's just like the Mortal Kombat that when that came yeah, out. Yeah, Injustice. Yeah, when Injustice, the first one came out. Yeah, my older kids were younger and yeah, the whole family played that game for hours. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, 
but yeah, so I think that's one thing I'm working on for this year is, is letting, handing things off, delegating. letting things go, delegating, yeah. bringing more people on to write for me. Um, because I just, I, I will, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a yeah. So if you're listening to this and you want to get into entertainment writing, Tessa has all the connections um, and she could hook you up and, you know, the traffic on her page is wild. So um, you could get kind of, you can get some exposure and people can kind of get to start getting to know you. Um, look up Mama's Geeky and, and drop her a line. Um, yeah, I, I think <laughs> that this is great. So the, the, it seems to be like the natural part of being an independent entrepreneur type of person is you build, spend these years building up something like it's your baby yeah. and finally get to a position where, okay, I need to tweak it somehow. And that's your pivot to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe go more niche to, you know, focus it. And then once you get it perfect, you perfect it. Then that's the scariest part because then you have to like give it, open it up to other people. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary, but I think yeah. it will be good. I really do think it will be good. Uh, just for me for so many reasons. First of all, I love giving other people opportunities, right? I think that's, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that. Uh, I enjoy building the community. It's something I've done with a lot of people over on YouTube. Um, for a while I was having people on and we were doing like at kind of like after shows or like for Black Widow, we did like a spoiler discussion and bring people on. And I haven't done that in a little while just because I've been so busy, but I, that's the stuff I love and I want to get back to it. And I think if I have other people that I can say, Hey, this movie's coming out, here's a link, write a review. Thank you. You know, here was my interview with this person. Can you just write something up about it? I got the video going on YouTube. That's cool. But if you can like make this an article also, that would be great. Here's all the stuff you need. And then I can be like, Hey, my community, like let's get on YouTube and let's talk about it and let's do this stuff. And I don't, I won't feel as like bogged down. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can have time to do the stuff that I really enjoy that does well because I'm not over complicating stuff, making everything my own. Right. Like, right. But honestly, honestly, if I take an interview, I do, and I write something up about it, I guarantee you I will spend way longer than if I handed it off to somebody else. Cause they're just like going through it and actually writing about it. Yeah. Or I'm like, yeah, I, I'm sure you understand exactly what I'm saying. Right? Yes, I, I, I'm like I, living I, it and picking it apart. And, you know, <laughs> you know, cause you've been there. I know. Yeah. You have. What else did I see? And what was I thinking at the moment? And oh my yeah. gosh, now I've got too much that I got that I'm thinking about. And, oh, this has been two hours at this thing. Yes. I need to quit. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. That's like when I passed the Tony Todd interview over to you mm-hmm. for several reasons, but, and I, and I'm like, I would have spent forever writing it wanted to make sure stuff was worded right. And just, and I'm just like, here you go. And, and I like, was shocked that amazing. I wrote it. Yeah. I was shocked that I, I picked up a, a, a theme and wrote it up as fast as I, I did. So I, it was, uh, yeah. And, and so, and, and it, the, you know, the, the pickup it got on it was like amazing. He tweeted it, didn't he? Yes, he did. He and he follows, it, yeah. he follows me now. <laughs> I know, see? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the He-Man onslaught happened. And I didn't get it as hard as you did, but yeah. I got it bad. I think the again, again, I was helped. paid to like it. I'm like, I'm not paid to like this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to fix that. I, I think that that's like their, their, that's going to be the thing they yeah. pick on for you. <laughs> I, I know. know. And I'm like, I don't, I wish they paid me, please pay me. I liked it anyway. Give me money. That's not how it works. Guys, no, how it I works. wish, I wish, I wish. I so um, what are some of your things, some of the things I always, I, I always ask this question of people that I'm talking to, um, some of the things that you hope that, um, people remember from this time, because usually the creators, the, the artists, the people who are writing and, and creating the content are the ones left out of history <laughs> whenever it's retold. So 
what about this pandemic from your experience? Do you want people to kind of remember when they're like opening this up 20 years from now? I think the most important thing I guess people would learn from this or take away from this time is like how important family is. Because like I said, I definitely worked way too hard during the pandemic. Um, I know a lot of people, unfortunately, either lost jobs or didn't my hand have is work, up. you know. Yeah, my hand up. Yeah. <laughs> but I... Uh, what really honestly brought it to my attention, even though we're dealing with this pandemic for far too long, uh, just a couple of months ago when my dad had that heart attack, I realized like, what is going on? Like I let it fall behind, not talking to him as much as I used to talk to him because I've been so busy, right? Like, oh, I have to spend Saturday. I have a couple of hours on Saturday where I can watch this where normally I would call family and just catch up on stuff. And so I think what I really hope people learn is like everyone was trapped at home with their families for the most part, but like, wasn't that kind of amazing to have time with your families? Like sit and just watch binge time Tiger King on Netflix, probably not with kids, but you know what I mean? Like, watch ridiculous stuff and just watch, watch stuff and have fun with your family and just be, be there, play board games. You know, we did try to work that in every Sunday. We had a board game day and I, and I hope a lot of people did stuff like that with their families. Mm-hmm. And I just hope people realize how important that is because like, yeah, there's work and there's money and, but like relationships are super important and your family is super important and being a mom, a little girls, I mean, geez, they're nine and 10 now. They're growing up so fast. And like my 10 year old doesn't want to hang out with us anymore. She's like, yeah. eh, no, like, I don't care. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to sit in my room and watch YouTube and read books, which is great that she's reading mm-hmm. books and reading comics. She just got D and D for Christmas though, which we're like, yeah. she's ready to dive into D and D and play as a family, which is yes, we're total geeks and total dorks, but you know, I'm excited oh, no, no, for that. No, no, no. I, I oh. have like a standing, um, I, I have a date with my, one of my daughters, my, my adult daughters <laughs> to teach me. <laughs> she has a, she runs a D and D group. And, and so she's oh, going to teach cool me at some point and again but again I work so much that I've got to find the time to yeah. sit down with her and her friends and they're going to teach me so it's crazy um, how much busier we got than so many other people like other industries right like yes. because like I said because everything was virtual so it was like oh you can see every movie here you go and you're like ah this is a lot <laughs> and I couldn't report on everything yeah and then I was also teaching at the same time too I know I don't know so that, that was like really hard um but yeah yeah you're right about you know, just it work got harder. It, I mean, yeah. it got more, more abundant. Yes, more opportunities, but the family kind of went by the wayside. You know, if you let it. Yeah. So, um, so, but we're fixing it now. Like, yes. you know, because <laughs> that's one of the things you and I both have talked about. Twenty twenty two, we're gonna be. Um, yeah. we've got plans, and we're gonna do better. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, it's great to work and to do stuff and to cover stuff. It's awesome, but at the same time, like, no movie is more important than like hanging out with your kids mm-hmm. or your husband or hanging and just doing something for free. playing a video game sitting down and being you know assassin's creed valhalla like it was just like do oh it. this is amazing do it do <laughs> i it. forgot i can do this and like not think about working constantly like what so that's why mm-hmm. you know we're only a week into the into the new year now but this is a main goal of me for 2022 is i'm not gonna i mean yes i'll end up working weekends or nights because that's when junkets are especially being on east coast time that can happen sometimes but um a lot of stuff I'm starting to share with my husband more too. Like, do you want to watch this movie? Cause if so, we'll just watch it together instead yeah. of like, I got to watch it. Like, is this something you were interested in? Perfect. This will be our date night this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all about balance. And that's, that's what 2022 is for me because I just can't, I will, I will 
snapping mentally if I if I don't. I think a lot of us are at that point. So uh balance is the word. I think that's no. a, that's a great um that's a great point to taper down down on. Anything else you want to share or say or you know share with the audience while we're here? I don't think so. Just just family. Like come on guys. I know work is cool. Here's the thing. <laughs> I know like this is everywhere, but I was having a conversation with my husband about it the other day. Overseas they talk about like how they use like all their sick time and all their vacation time. And because my husband like doesn't use sick days ever. Right. And so it's like we live to work. They work to live. Is that the right way I'm saying it? Yes. 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 yes, yes. And that's so important, I think. And um, finding what you do, like finding passion and love in what you do is important too. And that's part of why I pivoted. Right. I was so mm-hmm. sick of like, I'm not spending hours writing about something I don't care about. Nobody's going to read it. Like five people are going to be like, what vitamin C? serum should I use? Like no one cares. They're mm-hmm. not coming to me for that. They're no. going to go to beauty sites. for that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. So to pick something I have a passion for and something I know stuff about and something I enjoy and focusing on that has been a lot of help with, with mentally, right. Being able to focus on what I enjoy and what I have a passion for. Uh, it's just that now I'm doing too, too much. <laughs> so now I need to bring other people on to take some of my load because it's, it's been a lot. It's a good thing. Blessing and a curse. Blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. Finding out that what that really means is has been yeah 2021. Well, thank you so much for opening up to uh, to us in the audience and talking about your pivot, Um, and 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 you know just letting us get to know you a little bit better. Um, That's it's been great. Um, So where again can people find you and find your stuff? Yeah, mamasgeeky.com is my site where uh, you can find all of my reviews. And again, sometimes I deep dive into certain comic book characters um, and reviews for television, video games, movies, all sorts of stuff like that. And then you can also find me over at Mama's Geeky on YouTube where I do trailer reactions, show reactions, also reviews as well. Uh, Sometimes I have guests on and we chit chat about um, whatever, basically, whatever is popular at the time, whatever we're covering. Like we did one for Black Widow. We did one for the Suicide Squad, stuff like that. And then I have interviews up there as well. Uh, I usually do have a written version of the interview on my um, website at Mama's Geeky. But if you want to watch me, interacting with the celebrity you can head to uh the mama's geeky on youtube and then i'm also on twitter rotten tomatoes has a list of all of my uh reviews as well and instagram is mama's geeky also mama's geek just mama's geeky just just type that in and don't forget the the hollywood critics association long box our show yes we created the um the summer um i'm so glad we did that that has been like a blessing because i feel like it's work but it's not work you know what i mean it's so fun it's, it's nice so to just fun. chat. And I'm like, this is like a, a reprieve that I need. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an hour. I think just, it has helped me not be broken. <laughs> so well, it, it's forced me to sit down to actually start because I stopped reading. <clears throat> Oh, you I did. stopped reading. Yes. I slowed down, but I never like stopped. I stopped. And so it's forced me to go back and start like, Good. we just did a Naomi review with uh, Casey Walfall. And I, I read the Naomi comics again and ha- I yeah. put it down in 2019. I hadn't read them since 2019, reading the Naomi comics again. So I, the 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 long box has me rereading comics and getting back into it. So yeah, it's it, like you, it's been a blessing, I think. So, but that's our show. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Until thank next you. time. And thanks for Bye. having me. <laughs> yeah, Bye. thanks for being here. You've been listening to the Creators and COVID podcast. Many thanks to Vero for the partnership in this podcast. 
to Tessa Smith for sharing her story and to you for spending your time with us. Be sure to check out Mama's Geeky and come back next week for a new story that you can hear first on the Vero app where we drop it and discuss it 24 hours before the episode premieres on your favorite podcast platform. Bye now.